Welcome to the YYY Show, a comedy podcast about search histories, life, and fun, weird things. I'm Jingan. And I'm Eliza. And in this podcast, we are going to talk about interesting things that we search for on the internet this week. But first, we need to make a small disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast and we do our best to research the things that we find. If there's anything that's factually inaccurate, please send us your corrections through our social media channels. You can find us at YOY Show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Yes! So... And now we are going to celebrate the fact that we have a thousand downloads. Thank you everyone for listening. Yay! Yay! Okay. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> okay, so Eliza, what is your first search term of the week? My search term is... Why do we say copycat? Oh. <laughs> hey, this actually floated into my brain the other day. Okay, why? Because somebody say copycat to you. Yeah. Huh? Then I was like, yeah, why do we say copycat? Yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> Is it because of alliteration? Like, yeah. copycat. Yeah. <coughs> or does it have a deeper meaning? And then why they say the cat copy things? It's yeah. not like cats really copy each other. Yeah. Right? I mean, they do, kind of. But they, they don't copy learn. humans, right? Yeah, I thought like, you know, like monkey is the... Mm, like mm. monkey see, monkey do, right? Why not copy monkey? Maybe it doesn't, doesn't <laughs> flow so doesn't well. Flow well. <laughs> but, but if it's alliteration, right, then why not copy cow? It's like C-O-C-O. Copy cow. Copy croc. Mm. Okay, so... <laughs> so do you know where this term comes from? Do you want to guess? Where does this term come from? Some old English tradition. Latin. Hmm. Greek. Okay, not bad, not bad, <laughs> not bad. Don't need to guess already. It's quite close. <laughs> Anyhow, guess. <laughs> you know, funnily, when I googled, why do we say call? I haven't even spelled copycat, C O on here. Then it already autofill for me already. Wow. Yeah, so, so it's a legit search term. Yeah, mm. a lot of people are searching this. And there are actually quite a few articles on this. Mm. One of them is a slate explainer article, mm-hmm. and it is titled, What a copycat! Why do we call imitators cats? Why not monkeys? Mm-hmm, it's totally mm-hmm. what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> what a good headline. Then I also was wondering, right, if this whole copycat thing is a singlish thing. Because oh. we have the rhyme, right? Yeah. In primary school, do you remember it? No. Copycat, kiss the rat. Do you remember? Kiss the rat? No. Yes. In primary school, we say this. <laughs> no. Copycat, kiss the rat. Go home, let your mother slap. Do you remember? <laughs> Sounds like vaguely familiar, but Still like, got someone, no? What? It's father say, never mind. Teacher say, go and die. <gasps> you never learned before? No. Oh my goodness. Is it because you go to school, then like, not supposed to say these kind of rude things? No. <laughs> also go to school, what? No, my primary school is in a mixed school. Okay. But anyway, it was a very common rhyme that we say. Okay. Do you remember it? No. Was there like some clapping game like, you know? No, like, you know, don't have. It's only associated. when... No, when you don't have a person or when the person copy you or a person look at your homework, then you say, copy cat, kiss the rat, go home let your mother's let. The father say, now my teacher say, go and die. <laughs> like that. In a very... <laughs> I mean... Childish way. Uh, maybe... It, maybe... It, it sounds very familiar lah, but then like, I don't know whether... I know the whole thing. Oh, Like, okay. maybe I never caught the words. Oh, yeah. but you hear this, maybe somebody say it to you, but you never say it to like, anyone. I didn't get it. Like, I didn't get the words. Like, I didn't know what you're talking about. Oh. Except for a copycat. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it is actually a cautionary tale. I see. This poem is a cautionary tale. It's a poem. <laughs> yeah. Of not copying your classmates' homework or copying their actions. Oh. Because, like, if you be a copycat, then there will be consequences. Uh, like the rat will kiss you, then your mother will slap you. Ah, uh, okay. Then your father will just don't care. Oh. Then the teacher will uh, be very angry yeah. because you copy people's homework. Okay. Sounds yeah. like a teacher started this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hmm, maybe. <laughs> there, there is no context to Out the, of anger. <laughs> there's no context to this uh, poem, by the way. Okay. Like, okay. I could not find anything about it. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, back to the etymology of copycat. Okay. It is used quite commonly in English. So not just Singlish. Mm-hmm. In English language, we use it. Mm-hmm. So like in 2011, there was the London riots. Mm-hmm. The BBC wrote, After the riots in Tottenham spread to other parts of London and later other parts of the UK, police condemned the wave of copycat criminal activity. Mm. The Slate article put it quite well. Uh, they say that it is used to mostly describe attacks, crimes, suicides, and not least of all, uninventive kids at the playground. <laughs> <laughs> Usually bad things. Yeah. So the first written evidence of the term copycat yes. is in an 1887 book called Bar Days. It was used in this sentence. Okay. Our boys say you are a copycat if you write in anything that's been already printed. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Another early example of copycat is by a main-born writer. Mm-hmm. And her name is Sarah on Jewett. And she actually used it twice in two of her books. Okay. Okay, when one of her characters heard that another girl wanted to start a second all-girls club. Oh. And then she said, I wouldn't be such a copycat. I see. All girls club it. Like a click. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then in her other book, one of her characters, an elderly landlady, tells her friend, In these days, the young folk is all copycats. Afraid to death, they won't be all just alike. Question mark. Then the friend replied, <laughs> I ain't heard of a copycat these great many years. Twas a favorite term of my grandmother's. <laughs> bracket laughing okay this is my very bad impression of what I think people in the 1800s sound like but <laughs> okay I have never met anyone from the 1800s so I don't right, really know sorry. how they talk yeah we are not very exposed to this culture as well so we don't really know how they talk yeah so they I mean from then it started already this word copycat <laughs> so uh, 1800s until now is like more than 100 Ish years okay. it's been in use okay cool yeah so why is there the word cat in it yeah and we already know that cats don't imitate people right yes I mean they ignore people yep <laughs> most of the time they're like divas yeah so where did this term come about the answer is since the medieval period calling someone a cat was an insult <gasps> what <laughs> yeah because cats were associated with evil and mischief what yeah so you can probably call someone you stupid cat why they give cats a bad name because <laughs> they were associated with evil and mischief so yeah, like, but why they why they do such a thing cats so nice well in the 13th century <laughs> monastic guidebook okay. for female monks okay. the author warns the ascetics against becoming cats of hell I see <laughs> Shakespeare also used cat in a negative way in his play All's ah. Well That Ends Well I see. Yeah. One of his characters described a sleazy guy. A pox upon him for me. He's more and more of a cat. That's Shakespeare. Okay. So yeah, he used it also. <laughs> then in the 1960s to 1980s, uh-huh. newspapers started using copycat to describe crime. Oh. So they call it like copycat murder. Copycat yes, yes. crimes. Yes, yes. Which mm. still goes on today. La. Yeah. Like the terrorism lah. Or the riots. Mm-mm, like copycat riot, copycat suicide, copycat crime, Mm-mm. copycat murder. Mm. Yeah, it's a very common uh, jargon, newspaper jargon now. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Indeed. And of course, we see it so much, right? Mm. In the news. Mm. So we also use it in our words. Yeah. Yeah, it's always been used with negative connotations. Right? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the reason why it's so popular among kids, right? Mm. Is because when we were young, we were not allowed to say bad words. Oh. Then like copycat right is good enough to disturb your younger siblings or your friends. Mm. Yes. But then it is very mild that mm. the adults won't score us for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, right? We were at the playground, then one of the kids was annoying this boy. Mm. Then the annoyed boy was trying to shoo him away. <laughs> then like okay, then he hey, copycat, go away, la. copycat go away. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> Oh my god, I remember That this. didn't work, right? Then he was yeah. very aggravated, right? Yeah. Then I remember seeing him like trying his best to come up with something that he can shout at the boy to yes. make him go away. Then he okay. think very, very hard, very, very hard, right? Then he finally shouted, Go away, la, you copy pig! I thought it was super funny, eh? It's like it's stuck inside my head, you know? <laughs> like, copy pig. Yeah, copy pig. 
<laughs> You're worse than a cat. Yeah, pig. <laughs> nice. That's my search term. Alright. Okay, so wow, then. that's interesting. <laughs> what is your search term of the week? Okay, my search term of the week is Saturn the alligator. Saturn. Yeah. As in S A T U R N. Yeah. Or like the planet. Oh, like the planet. Yeah. Saturn the alligator. I guess he's a very special alligator. You know, he won't have a name. That's true. Yes. What does he do now? <laughs> is he very old? Is he very big? Yeah. Is he... Um, um, let me guess. He's white. He's albino. No. No? Uh, yeah. I'm just realising now that, like, previously I also had Hanako the koi, so yeah. I like to, like, highlight very famous animals. Yes. <laughs> it's a trend of yours. Like, every time I hear you say something, the something, it probably is a very famous thing. So, what is he or she famous, famous for? <laughs> he's a he, he's a he. He's a he. Saturn. Yeah. Probably to do with space one, because his name is Saturn. So, uh, uh-huh. he's the first alligator that went to space. No. No? No alligators went to space, I think. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, come on, Saturn. You can do it one day. <laughs> you can go all the way to You Saturn. can go to space. I believe in you. Oh, no. Unfortunately, Saturn has passed away already. No! <laughs> okay, what did he do? Okay, so Saturn was an American alligator who was born in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. He was hatched in a while. Mm-hmm. And then in 1933, he was captured and shipped to Berlin. And he was brought to the Berlin Zoo. Mm. Saturn was famous because he was rumoured to be Adolf Hitler's pet. What? Okay. Yeah. But actually, it was more because Hitler enjoyed visiting the zoo and especially liked the alligator. That's all. Oh. So people like kind of like assume that Saturn is his pet. But then actually, no, he has nothing to do with Hitler. Because he keep visiting the enclosure. Yeah, he liked the alligator. Oh. Like you say like, oh, he's a cool alligator. That kind of thing. I don't know why. <laughs> oh my god, did he really say that? No. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, okay, 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 okay. Then, what is so interesting about this animal is that um, during the World War II, the Berlin Zoo actually took a direct hit in one of the bombings. So, of the zoo's 16,000 animals, mm-hmm. only 96 survived. Okay. And then press reports documented that the streets near the aquarium, which is where the alligator lived, were littered with alligator and crocodile corpses. Because mm. the bomb directly hit right then, they mm. actually blew okay. off due oh to the my impact. Goodness. Yeah. So, you mean there were so many alligators in their zoo? <laughs> oh. It can be littered with <laughs> a- a- alligator corpses. I think there were at least like four or five on the road lah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, but I think they had quite a few. They had 20 to 30. What a nightmare. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. So, some of the alligators and crocodiles, including Saturn, survived and they were wandering the city in search of food. Oh my god. The citizens not only had to deal with the bomb blast, they had to deal with hungry alligators walking around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so this was in... 1943 at note, ah. okay. okay. Then in 1946, which is three years later, uh-huh. the British soldiers discovered Saturn. He survived the bombing. Okay. And then he was brought to Leipzig and he was part of the Soviet zone of occupation. Okay. So he was given to the Soviets. Nah. Okay. Okay. So this means, right, that Saturn actually spent three years in the streets of Berlin just roaming around looking for... But how do they know that one is Saturn? I think when they found the alligator, then they identified it. Oh, okay. That okay. seems to make more sense. Oh, okay. I thought they like, had a whole dedicated operation <laughs> no, for no, this. No, no, okay. no, Okay, so at the Moscow Zoo, mm-hmm. he was a very popular exhibit because there were only two crocodiles and no other alligators there. Okay. So in the 1950s, the US gifted the Soviet Union a younger female alligator uh-huh. named Shipka. Okay. And they began to mate, but Shipka's eggs were infertile, so they didn't have any children together. Okay. Yeah. Then, although Shipka was like 13 years younger than Saturn, she died not long after. And Saturn was so distressed that he refused food for a time. Oh no. Yeah. He's quite loyal. Yeah. (laughs) It's an alligator love story. Yeah. And he's a prisoner of war eh. Yeah, Saturn has a very interesting story. Okay. He came from US, you know, then he yeah. go to Germany. Then after that. Then became a prisoner of war, like <laughs> Russia took him, right? Yeah, correct. 
Okay, then continue. Not really prison of war, like, just like a gift. Since we found it here, so we give you law. But he never consent, ma. I mean, he cannot consent or this, you know. Yeah. He was never, he could never consent to all his, uh, <laughs> to all his immigration. Okay, anyway, continue. So in the Moscow Zoo, Saturn experienced several narrow escapes from death. Okay. Yeah. In 1980s, in the 1980s, a slab of concrete fell from the aquarium ceiling, but luckily he was in a protective space at the time. Okay. Yeah. Then in 1990, a new aquarium building was being built, but Saturn didn't like the move and uh-huh. he refused to eat for four months. Oh my goodness. And he came close to death. Oh my goodness. Okay. Then another time, a drunk zoo visitor threw a boulder on his head to wake him up. <laughs> threw a boulder on his, his head. head. <laughs> then the zoo vets had to fight very hard to save him for a few months. Oh my goodness. Then again, a group of tourists go and throw glass bottles at him and then injured him. Then after that, they finally decided to install... Is like, it they project their unhappiness? Do they know that it's Hitler's favorite no. alligator? Then they project their no, unhappiness? They no, don't, they don't normally know. know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so it's just Saturn's luck that all these things happen to him. <laughs> and also, he like he's the only alligator. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So they decided to install the protective glass finally after all these stupid incidents happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, then in the 2010s, he stopped eating for nearly a year. Uh-huh. And then everybody was like, what on earth? <laughs> okay. Are you okay? Then they were worried, like, but because um, alligators don't normally live so long, so maybe he was going to die of old age. Okay. But the zoo people, they decided to try to save him by injecting him with vitamins to keep him alive. Mm-hmm. And eventually he started to eat again. Okay. Yeah. So, Saturn, but this is way past his normal life expectancy, right? Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah. N- normally, alligators from Mississippi live about thirty to fifty years in the wild. Mm-hmm. And then, how old is he? And by that time, he was probably about seventy plus. Already. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Imagine if he was literally trying to die. Like oh my goodness, I lived twice the amount I'm so of tired years. Of living. Yeah, <laughs> twice the amount of years that I I should live, and then all these crazy hairless apes keep throwing things on me. Like, can you just let me die? <laughs> then they are like, no, we will fortify you with vitamins. He's <laughs> just like, holy, <laughs> I was so close to death, and then you fortify me with vitamins. <laughs> then he's like, I never like eat lah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Okay, continue. <laughs> I don't know what's the psyche of Saturn. <laughs> okay, Saturn was generally quite a peaceful alligator. He only tried to bite an inexperienced warden once who tried to feed him by hand. Okay. Yeah, but other than that, he was totally fine. Sometimes the children even like can poke the broomstick inside the enclosure and he's fine with it. He won't poke him, la, but like, you know, just to put the food inside. So oh. then you eat. Yeah, okay, anyway. <laughs> anyway. In 2015, Saturn was even sponsored by French clothing company Lacoste. Their mm-hmm. logo is a crocodile. Yes. Yeah. Which, by the way, is different from an alligator. Alligators have U-shaped mouths and crocs have V-shaped mouth. Alligators so, have U-shaped mouth. Yeah. Crocs have V-shaped mouth. Yeah, so that's the fastest way to tell what's the difference. Okay. Yeah. I might not remember this. Okay. <laughs> so Lacoste brand is what? Crocodile. But Saturn is alligator. Mm. Then how? Different lor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then you all choose the wrong species. I mean, yeah lah, that's but the close I- enough lah. Iron- huh? Irony of this statement. <laughs> but close enough lah. Huh? <laughs> okay, so anyway, after this eventful life, Saturn died in 2020 at the age of 83 or 84. Not very sure of course that. That's just last year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's quite interesting how this animal went through like so many yeah. different places and yeah. different times and he actually witnessed Adolf Hitler. Yeah. So he was admired by Hitler. Yeah. He went through World War Two. Yeah. He went through Cold War. He survived a bombing eh. Yeah, I survived a bombing yeah. and a lot of other mishaps mm. and had a lot of things thrown at him. <laughs> wow. And he only died last year. Yeah. 
so I feel like this alligator is a pretty interesting person. Just call it a person. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a person, we would have an oh, interesting the interview. stories, right? The stories yeah. he would tell, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to share about this uh, very interesting story from this interesting animal. Okay, noted. Yes. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I found it absolutely fascinating. Yes. I couldn't help imagining him with a personality. Yeah, exactly. Feels very old man, veteran. Mm. Mm. Like he will talk with a gravelly voice. Okay, enough projection. It's time for our special segment. <laughs> Three things to Google from a friend. Doop, 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 doop. So Eliza, who is the contributor for this week? This week we have three contributors. Yes. And they have one search term each for us. Okay. The first one is Joel and his search term is Why is my cat balding? Okay. Why is my cat balding? I have no idea why cats become bald. <laughs> I recently searched this. Is it too much salt or too much um I don't know. Too much something? Or too little something. I recently searched this because Why? there is a community cat that is losing a lot of hair. Then I was a bit worried. Uh-huh. So, I wanted to know what was going on. What do you find? It's either fleas or like some very like scary disease. <laughs> okay, Google says, By far, the most common cause of a ball patch on your cat's fur is fleas or other external parasites. This is especially common on your cat's lower back and tail. Hair loss usually occurs when your cat has an allergic reaction to the flea saliva, causing them to overgroom. Oh. Mm. Okay, I'm looking at another article. It says, why do cats lose hair? And it could also be a harmless skin condition, or it could be a side effect of an easy-to-treat condition, or they are sick. <laughs> Could be allergies also. Like for example, cats could be allergic to a certain kind of food, insect bite, medicine, dust, or pollen. Then they will be a bit itchy, then they'll lick, lick, lick until they got ball spot. Mm. Mm. Then, like you said, parasites, mm. like fleas, mites, lice, ticks, also may cause them to scratch and become a bit bald. Mm-hmm. Then could be ringworm infection also. Ringworm infection is not a worm, it's a fungal infection. Mm-hmm. And then there's this one that says stress and anxiety. Mm. Vets call this psychogenic alopecia. It's because they are stressed, then they'll obsessively lick and scratch. Then they will lose hair. And then to treat them, like the vets will ask whether you want to give them antidepressants. Eh? So cool. Or like they will suggest <laughs> changes in environment, like putting up high perches or keeping the dogs away. Oh, is that why people have um like cat trees and like, you know, those kind of mm, places? Mm, mm. So that they have a place to hide oh. from whatever they don't want oh. to face. <laughs> this is very informative for next time if I ever get a cat. Oh, wow. This is interesting. So cats with arthritis may lick themselves at the sight of the pain. So if your cat has arthritis, then they might have ball patches at the place where it's painful. Oh, so interesting. Mm. So I guess to know why the cat is balding, you have to bring it to a vet. Because there are too many reasons Mm -hmm. that can lead to a cat balding. (laughs) Yes. So you need a vet to actually diagnose what is going on with your cat. I think the best uh, solution is not to self-diagnose, is to actually go to a vet who has professional experience and can do the necessary tests. That's right. Alright, okay, next search term is from England. And her search term is, is a four-day work week more productive? Is a four-day work week more productive? My answer is yes. Yes. What do you think? I think so. You think so? Why? I think it's better that you split the work days up. Like Monday, Tuesday... Then Wednesday, Wednesday everybody off. off, right? <laughs> yeah. Then Thursday, Friday. Ah. Yeah. Mm. Because I think humans generally work better with breaks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That gets to a point whereby you just can't anymore. <laughs> so if Jingang was president, <laughs> yeah. Jingang will mandate that Wednesday is a rest day for everybody. Yes. Mandate. Vote Jingang. Vote. <laughs> Jingang 2050. <laughs> 
<laughs> you need 20 years to uh, 30 years to get ready right <laughs> to be ready to lead a country <laughs> it's a full day work week more productive I'm quite sure it is lah because I feel like most people in the office they got a lot of stretch time like they will make yes. the work stretch to fill the hours yes. so I think if you make less hours right people will do it faster yes because nobody will disappoint their boss ma. that's right nobody will like suddenly pass I cannot people will like oh, try to chong it I think also there is a value of setting a goal and reward that is somewhat near time wise instead of too far in the future right? yes so like for example okay I start work on Monday right then only on Saturday then I get off day, right? Mm. So I have about five days to kind of like muddle myself through work. And mm. then like maybe on Thursday and Friday then I chong everything that I need to finish by the end of the work. Mm-mm-mm. Right? But if I have Monday, Tuesday, then Wednesday I have a break, right? So on oh, Wednesday I have a break, ma, so I try to finish some things by Tuesday. Lo. Mm. And then like similarly on Thursday when I start work again, then I want to finish the stuff that I need to do within these two days mm-hmm. by Saturday. Mm. Okay, let's see what Google says. Okay. A four-day work week may seem like a radical idea, but we have gradually reduced the number of hours worked within a typical work week since the 19th century. In 1890, the US government estimated that a full-time employee within a manufacturing plant worked an average of 100 hours a week. My goodness. Yeah, in the past, during the Industrial Revolution, people worked like, 100 hours a week like every waking time yes 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 they go and work they actually reduced it by a lot already yeah so only in the mid 20th century which is somewhere like 50 years ago Mm. (laughs) then it started becoming um, 40 hours a week in this Forbes article which is written in early 2020 Mm -hmm. they say that Microsoft Japan they tried it and they said that the productivity rose by 40 percent and electricity costs fell by 23 percent wow not only are people more productive like they actually save costs because <laughs> they spend less on electricity and aircon they and all spend, that yeah they spend less time milling uh, about the office wow <laughs> don't you think like there's a lot of time spent like in the pantry or talking to your colleagues or just sitting at the at the, at the table lor. just sitting there and mm. doing nothing no you're doing something you know what's the something Acting like you're doing something. Yeah, acting like you're doing something. <laughs> anyway, I found another article that say some of the world's most productive countries, like Norway, Denmark, Germany, and Netherlands, on average work around 27 hours a week. Mm. Which is around the same as a four-day work week. Mm. However, Japan, a nation notoriously known for overworked employees, ranked as the 20th out of 35 countries for productivity. But then Japan is also famous for karoshi la. That means like work until die la. Yeah. Work yeah. to death. Yes. So if you want super productive employees, you uh-huh. can either give them more breaks. Okay. Or you can work them to death. It's like the two ends of the spectrum. Okay. According to this article. Okay. But you're better off not working them to death because if they die, then you are, you lose one more. One more. Yeah. yeah. So if you want the minions to be alive to serve your large corporation, <laughs> you should give them more breaks. <laughs> From the mind of a villain, a super villain. <laughs> are, you, are you trying to put your, yourself into the shoes of a super evil, mega no, evil corporation? No, not super evil, but more like a, what if I'm a big entity and the humans are all little minions that serve my big enterprise? Oh my. What if? Okay. What yeah. if you were despicable? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, the answer is yes. A four day work week is much much more productive. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Okay. The last one is a search term from Brian. Yes. It's a very very long word, and I don't really know how to pronounce this. I'll try it. I'll try to pronounce this. Okay. It has at least thirty alphabets in it. Oh dear. Okay. It is hippodomonstro is quip. Deliophobia. <laughs> let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Is it the phobia of long words? Is it? I don't know. Because I know there's a very long word and then it ends with phobia and then it's actually the phobia of long words. Huh? Isn't that very funny? But this one starts <laughs> with hippodomonstro equipdaliophobia. It sounds like a phobia of hippopotamus. Monstro. <laughs> because hippopotomonstro. Hippo as in like. H-Y? H-I-P-P-O-T. 
O. H I P P O T O. Okay, that's hippoto, right? Hippoto. Okay. Spell monstro. M O N S T R O. M O N S T R O. S. S. Okay. Then esquipped. E S Q U I P P E D. E S Q U I P P E D. Aliophobia. A L I O. Phobia. Okay. For me, I can just copy and paste it, so not so bad. Hippodomonstro script aliophobia. Yeah, how to say? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. I'm correct! Huh? Yeah, correct. I'm correct! It's not the fear of monstrous hippopotamus. No. It's the fear of very long words. What? How do you know this? I just have it in my mind palace somewhere that there's a very long word with the end part phobia and it is but the fear of pho- very long excuse words. Excuse me, excuse me. All, all phobias end with the word phobia. Yeah, but I think there is a very long word okay. with the phobia at the end and it means that. <laughs> okay, so what? Where does this word come from? Why is it like that? Don't you think it's funny? I think it's funny. It's a joke in itself. <sighs> it was submitted through Instagram, by the way. He had to type this into the Instagram uh, prompt <laughs> that I put out. I see, I see. By the way, if you all have interesting search terms, mm-hmm. please send it to us okay. on all our social media channels. Yes, please. Yeah, we'll read it out on air. Okay, so... Hippodomonstroesquidiliophobia is 34 letters long. Mm-hmm. Just stating a fact. You mean there is no explanation why is it like that? Ah? Apparently not. It just is law. It just is law. Huh? Like that? Ah? I mean, as with all other English words. <laughs> How did they even come up with this word in the first place? Hippodomonstro, I think it together is just like one big very monster then says scriptodadia is probably very long words or something like that okay I found it I found the answer okay uh, the root is sesquipedalian sesquipedalian means long word ah. so technically what is more correct is sesquipedalophobia oh. but somewhere along the line someone added references to the hippopotamus and monsters mm. to make it sound even more intimidating Mm, to make the word longer yes okay so yeah they try to make it longer to <laughs> because it's funny what yeah make it more scary law to the person who has a fear of long words <laughs> that's a bit mean right <laughs> don't you think that's a bit mean apparently it's a real fear okay and people can even be scared of moderately long words mm-hmm. yeah like disappointment so I mean it can even have a very real impact on a person's daily functioning and quality of life. So, mm. for example, a college professor yes. who is constantly exposed to very long words yes. and have this fear, right? Yes. They might have serious difficulties at their work. Ah. Yeah, But people who are not exposed to these words, they might not feel the effect at all. How did they become a college professor if they had a fear of long words? That's my question. Maybe they wrote a very good thesis without using any long words. And it is so easy to read that they got an A++. Wow. Exciting. I mean, if you Maybe were... Maybe their thesis is about short words. Yeah. Okay, anyway. <laughs> anyway, it is very real, so you cannot just like make fun of this, you know? Some people experience anxiety in the classroom Okay. when they were learning. Yes, yes. And it can lead to social phobias and isolation and even depression. I mean, I... I can empathize like when you were learning like stuff I guess mm. when you meet a very long word you'll be like scared of it what? because you don't know what it means number one mm-hmm. number two how to pronounce it mm-hmm. and then number three is like maybe it's easier to just skip over this word because mm. so I wasn't taught mm. Mm. so they're saying that a lot of people like who have this mm-hmm. or a mild form of this they will gradually as they go towards adulthood they will purposely choose career paths that require less exposure to lengthy words mm. Mm. Yeah. then the symptoms of this fear mm-hmm. is you might mentally lock up when confronted with particularly long words mm. so they will just simply brush off these words 
Wow. Or this whole, even this whole textbook or this whole work and saying something like, ah, this author is too pretentious. Oh. Or they'll say something like, I never did have a hate for science. People fear what they don't understand. Mm. And if they are kids, right, they might develop school-related phobias. Oh. Or simply just lose interest in school. That's very interesting. So everyone know that this thing exists and mm. try to be more conscious. Mm. And if you have it, you can actually manage this fear. They tell you to make a conscious effort to expand your vocabulary. Oh. <laughs> and learn new words. Face your fears. Yeah, basically. to face it. Lah. Okay. And just to like slowly incorporate it into your life. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. It's real. Wow. Alright, so Eliza, what is your second search term of the week? Okay, my next search term is... Do pigs have curly tails? Because <laughs> uh, I was thinking about this. Uh-huh. Like how we draw pigs, right? Yeah. Especially when you draw for kids. Mm. Then you will draw them with the curly woolly tail. Yes. But I never looked closely at a pig's tail before. Mm. Whether is it really curly? Mm. I'm so, trying to recall in my yes. data bank of like real pigs. Okay, try to think. I think they are curly but not so curly. Whose tail you see? Where you see from? I don't know. I don't remember already. But like in my <laughs> vague memory. You've seen a real life pig before? I think so. Where? In some farm. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where. <laughs> they actually stare at the butt. Uh. Like, yeah, I'm just trying to like, you know, fill in the missing blank uh-huh. where the tail is. I can't remember, no. You know, I, I, I've been to petting zoos and those animal sanctuaries uh-huh, before, uh-huh. right? Yes. Then I always feel like I'm always busy feeding the animals. Yeah, but I never so, like notice. And sayanging them, like pet, pet, pet them, right? Yeah. So I'm always looking at their face. I never look at their butt. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Okay, so what is the answer? I'm quite curious. Okay, let me tell you what I found. Okay. Wild pigs mm-hmm. often have straight tails, but domesticated pigs are born with curly tails. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. The wild boar, like, got straight tail. How come you know? You saw the wild boar tail before? I saw the wild boar before. Where do you see it? In the Upper Pierce Reservoir there. Oh, when you are cycling, walking yeah, there, yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah. Ah, and then their tails are straight. Yeah, Straight so. down kind. Yeah. Ah. Okay, next time when I see wild boar, I'll like, look at it <laughs> more. I don't know, I'm always very scared of them. They look like they were charged. <laughs> no la, they are fine. You don't go and provoke it. You'll be fine. Okay, okay. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Why the domesticated pigs have curly tails, right? Mm. Uh, the most popular theory is that it is a side effect of domestication and selective breeding. Okay. So curly tails are less prone to injuries mm-hmm. because straight tails are easier to grab or bite by other animals or other pigs. Okay. So for domestic pigs, right, they are kept in close vicinity with other pigs, ma. So they are mm-hmm. all kept very closely together. Mm-hmm. So when they are kept very close, then they will like squabble a bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> then they will like nip on each other, right? <laughs> okay. So after generations of breeding, right? Yeah. These domesticated pigs they evolved to have curly tails. Okay. So less likely to be injured. Mm. Okay. Another theory is that pig farmers, yes, they believe that the tail is a way to determine a pig's health. So they are saying that if a pig is stressed or kept in stress conditions, okay. then they will have a straight tail. Oh. The, the, the tail will straighten out. Okay. So since curly tail is believed to be a symbol of good health or good mental well-being yeah. of the pig, yeah. then the pig owners will intentionally pair curly tail pigs for breeding purposes. Mm. So the curly tail male pig and curly tail female pig, they'll make them mate lah and have babies because oh. they believe that they're healthier ma. Oh. So, like that become curly tail babies oh. Yes. Right? Yes, yes, yes. So, it's like selective breeding lah. Yeah, it's like selective breeding. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the answer to my search term for do pigs have curly tail is if the pig is wild, mm. most likely it will have a straight tail. Mm. If the pig is domesticated, mm. it will most likely have a curly tail. Mm. Then it made me think, right? Mm. Hey, the suckling pig, oh, got straight tail or curly tail? <laughs> oh my god. Can you remember? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> because I wanted to know whether the suckling pig is like uh, stressed or healthy. Man. So I want to see whether I they think are. it's curly. You can remember? I don't know. <laughs> 
I don't know when <laughs> I can remember. Can I remember, right? Like, I keep trying to remember. Like, like the last time I eat something fake, maybe it's like Chinese New Year period. I'm a bit unsure, or... but I like, have a vague memory of it being slightly curly. Okay, so I went to go and look at pictures on Google for okay. suckling pigtail. Okay. Do you know what I found? What? The answer is short. It's Wait. not straight. It's not curly. It's short. Because <laughs> they cut it. <laughs> yeah, because they cut it. Because maybe it gets too charred or something. There's only a very short part of the tail left. Oh. So you can't even see whether it's curly or straight. Okay. Mm. Anyway, okay. Mm. while looking at the suckling pig, right? Uh-huh. Then I found a disturbing fact. Oh no. <sighs> You know how suckling pig looks like, right? It's a small pig. Yeah, it's like a chart crispy whole pig, but it's not very, very big. It's not huge. Okay. It's like maybe the size of your, like, desktop monitor. Okay. Or the size of a McDonald's tray, you know, that kind of size, right? It, yeah, yeah. Got small, got big, yeah. What's the smallest one that you've ever seen? Yeah, about that, or the desktop monitor. Size, right? Yeah. Then the biggest is slightly bigger, long, longer than no, that. No, got a lot bigger. How big? Like times two, lor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Times <laughs> that kind is the kind that they will roll over the giant pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for like, you know, praying yeah. ceremonies. Kind okay. So all this while, right, I thought that suckling pig, right, mm. is a special type of miniature pig. It's like bread to be very small to make this dish. Oh, no, it's a baby pig. But yesterday I found it's not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found that suckling pig is a piglet. Yes. I didn't know that leh. <laughs> it's a young pig that was still feeding on its mother's milk. That's and why the it's called word, suckling pig. Yeah, the word suckling, it really means suckling lah, as in getting breastfed lah. Mm. <gasps> I don't know eh. I was yesterday years old when I found out. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright. Mm. I live more than 30 years leh. I don't know how to deal with this fact. Do you know? Do you know? I mean, it kind of... Like, now that you say it, like, that's like, yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. Suddenly, right? Suddenly, all the puzzle pieces seem to fit. All the dots seem to join, right? Yeah. It's like... <sighs> but I do think it's good to be aware about these things. Like, when you know what you're eating, it is, it's better to be more aware, mm-hmm. like, basically, of what you are eating. Yeah. yeah. You should be more aware of... Everything what? Yeah. Yeah. Like so you, what you're you, eating, where your food comes from, and you'll be more thankful for it, actually. Mm. Yes. Okay, so fun fact. Actually, it's not very fun. It's a sad fact. Sad fact. <laughs> sad fact. So sad fact, okay. Sad fact. Pigs naturally wean off their mother's milk at 12 weeks old. Suckling pigs are slaughtered at 2 to 6 weeks old. They are babies. Mm. No wonder they taste so good. <laughs> the meat so tender, the skin so crispy. <laughs> then the fat, some people say it's collagen. Mm. Now I know why they taste so good. Mm. You know, I thought only Asians eat suckling pig, but actually it's eaten in many regions around the world. Mm-hmm. So the Spanish world eats it quite a bit. Yes. Then Philippines has the lachon, right? With yeah. their national dish. Yes. And they were Spanish colony, so that's where they learned it from. Mm. Then in Europe, suckling pig is also commonly eaten. Mm. Uh, and they also like, eat it at Oktoberfest. Mm. And then they serve it with beer. Yes. Russia also eats it. And also the southern states of America. So it turns out that everyone loves to eat crispy baby pigs. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. It is a very, very favorite taste. Mm. <laughs> Yes. So how? <laughs> after knowing this, will you still eat suckling pig? I don't really eat a lot of it normally. Mm. Yeah. So I won't be the one who buys it. Mm. Yeah. But then if it is served to me normally, I will just eat like one or two pieces. Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, it's already dead. Then I don't want to. You know, if you throw it away, then it's like so yeah, sad, then right? Like and then die for nothing, yeah, right? Correct. So just eat lor. And really, I think I think it is can eat, but like really appreciate where it come from. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Okay. Anyway, that's all for my search term. It's very short. Okay. It's too troubling. I did not dare to dig any further. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of what I might find. <laughs> Okay, so Jingen, what is your search term of the week? Okay, my search term of the week is... Museum of Bad Art. Museum of Bad Art? Do you know about <laughs> this already? I was no, thinking maybe you might know, because you're an artist. I may or may not have come across it. 
it's a place, right? It's a physical location, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a physical okay. location. Mm. Yeah. It's the Museum of Bad Art mm. or MOBA. Mm. Is. <laughs> it's a privately owned museum in Summersville, Massachusetts. Mm. So it's like MOBA versus MOMA. Because <laughs> MOBA yeah. is Museum of Modern Art. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so... The aim of this museum is to celebrate the labor of artists whose work would be displayed and appreciated in no other forum. <laughs> As in, it's so bad that nobody appreciates it. Okay. Yeah. And the tagline of the museum is, Art too bad to be ignored. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. it's basically a place for art so bad that it's good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we have some background here. The MOBA was founded in 1994 mm-hmm. after this antique dealer guy called Scott Wilson. Mm-hmm. He found a painting in the trash and he showed it to his friends. Okay. And they suggested that they should start a collection mm-hmm. mm, because they liked it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then within a year, the receptions for this collection, they started to collect more art la, and then mm-hmm. they had receptions for it. They were so popular that the collection needed its own viewing space. Okay. Okay, so they decided to move into the basement of Dedham Community Theatre. And the building was described as a ramshackle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a very derelict place, okay? Yes, okay. The museum had no fixed operating hours. It was simply open when the theatre upstairs was open. The art collection was appropriately placed just outside the men's room, okay. where sounds and smells carry to the collection, and the constant flushing of the toilet supposedly helps maintain a uniform humidity. That is not something <laughs> I want in my brain. Ew, ew, <laughs> the men's rooms are more. Then they say the flushing of the toilet maintains a constant humidity. Eh. <laughs> okay, continue. Then. Okay, in MOBA's early days, they actually hosted traveling shows. And one time, they hung the works from trees in the woods for the event called Art Goes Out the Window, the gallery in the woods. Wow. Actually, they're very creative. I need to give it to them. <laughs> yeah, super creative. Then, bad music was also played to complete the ambiance. Wow. Yeah. Okay, there are many, like, this kind of, like, uh, exhibitions that they did very interesting ways of displaying this bad art and it's very funny. Please go to the entire wiki page to look at it. <laughs> it's the whole thing is a treasure. You just read it in your own time and there's no time to finish everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue with the story. Okay. They opened a second gallery in 2008 in the Somerville Theatre in Massachusetts where, where now they are located. Mm-hmm. Okay, then the collection was placed this time near both the women's and men's restrooms. Mm-hmm. So a similar vein. In 1996, one of their paintings called Eileen mm-hmm. was stolen. Okay. Eileen, the painting, mm-hmm. was actually acquired from the trash okay. by one of the founders. And it features a rip in the canvas where someone slashed it with a knife even before it was found. Okay. Okay. So this theft of Eileen mm-hmm. adds an element of drama to the story of this work. Okay. Okay. So now at this point, I need to show you Eileen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> seeing this and... It's, I only tell that, uh, the audience what I see. Okay. It's a, a portrait of an auntie. It's an Angmo auntie. Uh, she has red hair. Uh, very strange hairline. And she looks very... In, like she's like looking intently at, at you. you. Uh, I won't say it's bad. It looks like something that uh, a secondary school student who is learning how to make portraits would make. And will get a B for it. I mean, I'm staring at it and I'm, I'm getting a bit of anger. I really dislike it. So I think that whoever painted this... It's fine. It's like a, it's like, a B for a sec 2 kid's no, drawing. No, but it gives you like this very unsettling feeling. I can understand why the person stole it or why the person like ran a knife through it. Okay, so they ran a knife through it. This is it restored or what? How I come there's so. no rip? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Okay, continue your story, please. Yeah, okay. So, okay, so Eileen, okay. We'll put this picture on our Instagram and on all our social media. Okay. The museum offered an award of $6.50. Six dollars fifty cents. Yeah. $6.50? <laughs> yeah. Oh For my the goodness. the return of this art. Okay. <laughs> and then later on, 
they increased it to $36.73. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is very funny. It's not even worth $650, okay? <laughs> no, it's not. Then, in 2006, right, 10 years after Eileen was stolen, Moba was contacted by the purported thief and he demanded $5,000 for the painting. Okay. No ransom was paid, but the painting was returned anyway. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. <laughs> so after this thing happened, the MOVA staff installed a fake video camera over the sign at their Dedham branch. Okay. And they said, oh, this is in Comic Sans, by the way. Okay. Warning, this gallery is protected by a fake security camera. <laughs> <laughs> MOVA holds rigorous standards to what they were set. Okay. Okay. Nine out of ten pieces don't get in. Because they are not bad enough. Oh, wow. Yeah. What an artist considers to be bad doesn't always meet our low standards, they say. Okay. Yeah. So, so they, actually people submit their works to this. Uh? Yes. Because gradually they, they had more and more interest. Ah. And a lot of people can't visit the Museum of Bad Art. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Okay. Yes. And they have this like motto la, to collect things made in earnest. Mm-hmm. So the person making it right must be serious about it. Mm. Not like they're trying to make bad art. Oh, oh. Yeah, so they, okay. the people attempt to make art where something went wrong. Okay. Yeah, so it's like they seriously try to make this thing, but then something went wrong along the way. Oh man, so, I, I had one piece of work that could go in here. <laughs> yeah. it, it is a neon green um self-portrait that I made when I was much younger. Ooh. And I actually bought like, I think two tubes of neon green paint and I did not know how to use it. So okay. I just painted a very ugly and horrendous self-portrait. Maybe they will say that it's not bad enough. Oh, but you can try. I don't know. It's gone already. I don't know where it went. It probably thrown away or something. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay, so some university uh, professors, mm-hmm. they will bring up MOBA as mm-hmm. a way to tell students that the sincerity of the art is very important mm-hmm. and the pureness of intent is valid. Mm-hmm. So, like when you make art, right, you must have the intent. Mm. Yeah. To try, like, the intent to try to make something. Yeah, so all of this good. is still yeah. valuable. Mm. Yeah. So, okay, let's look at some of the collection highlights. Okay. Okay, so we have Lucy in the field with flowers. Okay, let me just talk about it before we look at it, okay? This is the first painting that the founder collected. Okay. Remember the first one from mm-hmm, the trash? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they say that Lucy is a painting that is so powerful that it commands its own preservation for posterity. Okay. And it set a standard for all future work collected. And it caused MOBA's founders to question if Scott Wilson, the original founder, found Lucy or she found him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, let's look at Lucy. They have a very good copywriter, by the way. Yes, I agree. (laughs) This is Lucy in the sky with flowers. Oh, wow. Wow, Lucy in the sky with flowers. Wow, she's a... An elderly lady in a blue dress and like doing a cha-cha-cha and holding a walking stick. She's in a field of flowers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a cha-cha-cha, it's like a can-can dance. Actually, I don't think it's bad. Eh. I think it's pretty good. Eh. Decent, decent. I mean, it gives me a feeling of like, wow. Like, what is this woman thinking and what is going on in this scene? Okay, next one. Mm-hmm. We have. We're gonna put these uh, images on our social media, so you can um look at it along with us. We have Sunday on the pot with George. Oh man, I like this one. Sunday on the pot with George is a is a Trump looking old man. Kind of looks like Trump. Okay, on the in, pot means it, on the toilet. In by his the way, everybody. underwear is he wearing underwear? No, he's not wearing underwear. It's his uh, it's his tan line. Yes, and it's done in the style of pontilism. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and he's sitting on a toilet bowl and like he looks like he's posing for it. Yeah. So this is quite an interesting find as well. I thought it was quite good actually. And then the other museum highlight is this one. Bone juggling dog wearing a hula skirt. Marie Newman. And then there is a happy dog um, with dog biscuit-like things. He's juggling the bones. Oh, he's juggling the bones. <laughs> it, it, looks the like a cup. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like it looks like he's is a carpet. Yeah. Then yeah. he's wearing a hula skirt. Almost has an embroidery effect to it. Yeah. Then it's the museum curators actually mm-hmm. said that we can only wonder what possesses an artist to portray a dog juggling bones while wearing a hula skirt. I mean, she just likes it lah. <laughs> Which is like, you know, it's very interesting because it's, they say that it's a fine example of labor-intensive pointlessism. Mm. <laughs> Mm. Which is very interesting, like what because possesses an artist I mean, if to you do look something. at it, yeah. there is quite a lot of effort to it because there's a lot yes. of brush strokes and yes. quite a lot of details. There's to a it. lot of time that she spent on this mm. thing, yeah. Mm. But she chose to do this particular subject and mm. like this thing, mm. which is very interesting, yeah. So anyway, this museum has been criticized for being anti-art. Okay. Anti art. Okay. But the founders deny this, reporting that its collection is a tribute to the sincerity of artists who persevered with their art mm-hmm. despite something going horribly wrong in the process. Mm-hmm. So they say that we are here to celebrate an artist's right to fail mm-hmm. gloriously. Yes. Yes. Mm. So I thought this was a pretty interesting collection it's not like mm. you know it's, it's not mocking them or anything it's just like they want to celebrate this particular value which is like it's, it's all right to fail mm-hmm. yeah because which, a lot of people think that making art is just making beautiful things mm-hmm. but to make the beautiful things you need to get through the ugly things then you mm-hmm. can make the beautiful things mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and then who who is the one who decides what is beautiful and what is ugly yeah right? exactly. what is aesthetically pleasing and what is not right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like sometimes when people say anti-art, right? Yeah. It's like actually anti- Your art. Yeah. <laughs> anti your perspective of Yeah, art. anti your own opinion, opinion yeah. of art. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody is free to judge what. Yeah, exactly. Every- number one is everybody is free to make art, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then number two is everybody is free to form your own opinions yes. about any art. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Very interesting. Good job, MOBA. What a, a noble mission. Indeed. Alright, we've reached the almost end of our podcast and now it is time for... One thing to recommend. Okay, so my recommendation for this week yes. is... Love and Death in the Cape Fear Serpent Realm. What is that? <laughs> it is a 2005 magazine article okay. of a snake exhibit owner, okay. but written in a very unconventional way, almost like fiction. So ah. it is a magazine article. Okay. Mm. It is very, very fascinating, very compelling, and has been named a finalist in ASME's feature writing category. Okay. And anthologized in Best American Magazine Writing, 2006. So it has won awards. This particular mm-hmm. magazine article has won awards. Okay. Mm. It is so interesting that people are actually using it to teach article writing or feature writing. Mm-hmm. Because the way the author or the writer mm. wrote this mm-hmm. is very forward, breaks a lot of rules about magazine journalism oh mm. okay okay interesting uh groundbreaking yeah i can't tell you too much about it okay because yes. i don't want to spoil it for you i should just read it on yeah okay. everybody if you are interested in reading something literary mm. then yeah go and look for it it's called love and death in the cape fear serpentarium it's about uh you know what a serpentarium is right a place to put serpents. Yeah, a place to put snakes and lizards and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's a story about that. Okay. It's free to read on the internet. Go and look it up. It's okay. a magazine. Oxford American. Okay. Okay. So what is your recommendation? My recommendation is houseplants. Houseplants? Because <laughs> <laughs> I recently acquired a houseplant and now it is on my desk. Your first houseplant, right? In my possession. Yeah, as in the one that you have to take care of and not have other people yeah, take care try of not it for to you. Let it die. Actually, it's not my first plant. <gasps> you had plants before. Yeah, and and because I had a cactus. You know, last time like people like to give people. Cactus yeah, yeah, yeah. It was and say trend. that it's very easy to yes to handle it, but I put it behind my laptop uh-huh. and I forgot about it. 
<gasps> you put it behind your laptop and forgot about it. Yes. Then what happened? Then it died lah. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh no, it got mm. neglected to death. Yeah, I'm sorry. Past cactus. Okay, this new plant is called a... I forgot what it's called. Sensiviera, is it? <laughs> okay, this plant is called a snake plant. Sensiviera, I was right. Okay, yeah, it's called a snake plant, uh, aka mother-in-law's tongue. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it, <laughs> it doesn't really look like snake. It's the, you know, the green and then like very big leaves. They know what it is lah. Big and long and then like in the side. They know what big. it is lah. Okay, you okay, want okay. to recommend this plant, is it? No, I'm just saying I have this plant. Because this plant is really good to recommend. Yeah, I know. It is a pretty good plant. Okay, so what's so good about it, you see? Because <laughs> I have a giant one and a small one in my room. <laughs> so I'm very excited that she brought this uh, Sensiviera up. <laughs> because, okay, it will produce oxygen, okay, number one. And it produces oxygen at night as well. Yes. And... It chases away mosquitoes. And it removes toxic air pollutants. Yes. I mean, of course, very tiny amounts. Lah, but you know, I mean, whatever helps. You feel better with it around. Yes, and yes. it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. Yes, yes, yes. I do feel better with it around. I don't know whether it's a placebo effect, but I feel like I can breathe better when it's around. <laughs> <laughs> and it's alive and you're sharing a space with a, a live thing, you know? Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Okay, so good vibes. Good yes. vibes. Good vibes. House plants give you good vibes. That's right. Why am I so excited about your recommendation? Okay. I'm <laughs> glad that you're excited. Because <laughs> you also have house plants, that's why. Yes. Okay. I've been trying to recommend Zian to get this house plant for a long time. Okay. I have taken your recommendation. Alright, we've reached the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, Liza, for making this podcast with me. And thank you, Jingan, for doing this podcast with me. If you have Googled anything interesting lately, you can drop us an email at yyyshow at gmail.com and we will search it up on the show. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or on our Facebook page where we post images of some of the things that we talked about today. You can also help share our show with friends that might enjoy a comedy trivia podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page and give us a small contribution to help us keep the show running. So, see you there! One thousand downloads! Good job.